Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production. Original music and hosted by Derek Wills. Copyright Lone Star Gun Rights 2020. Podcast. This is Lone Star Gun Talk, the official podcast of Lone Star Gun Rights, and I am your host as always, Derek Wills. Please go ahead and chime on in the comments where you are watching from on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever it might be. Uh, we got a great show for you guys tonight. Uh, we have with us uh, two gentlemen that uh, y'all might have heard of if y'all have been paying attention to the news lately. They're uh, there was recently a shooting involving a law enforcement and a hostage at a with uh, who was a UPS driver. And following that incident, we had or there was a company called Hoplite Armor that made a post that was rather scathing of the way the whole situation went down. Uh, they got a lot of flack for it from some people, but they also got a lot of love for it from a lot of people. And today. We have with us uh, Lyman Bishop, who is the founder of Hoplite Armor, and we also have with us um, uh, Hunter Kopic, who is Hunter. What is your title with uh, with Hoplite? Uh, Vice COO, COO, Chief Operations Officer. C-O-O. All right. Well, cool. Well, uh, Lyman, let's start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, give and then give us a little bit about your company, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm a mechanical engineer. I'm one of very few mechanical engineers in the armor industry, um, uh, especially going back as far as I've been involved in it in the last 15 years or so. Uh, more and more companies like LTC are starting to bring mechanical engineers uh, uh, on board, which is a good thing for the industry, but still very much lacking. In terms of design and development, you know, LTC is a production facility. Design's not what they do. I'm really probably the only uh, engineer in the industry that does anything of significance with regards to armor modifications and designs, things of that nature. Right on. Um, How I I understand that you are uh, running for governor. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. And uh, you're in uh, Minnesota? Montana. Oh, Montana. I knew I was going to do that. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so uh, just so everybody, uh, just to kind of hit on the comments here, we got uh, Rhonda Seth, who is running for House District 25 in uh, for the Texas legislature to try and take uh, former Speaker Dennis Bonin's seat. We got Andrew from Fresno, California, uh, Jay from Fort Worth, uh, Donald from Orlando, Florida, Jason from Freer, Texas, Jennifer from College Station. Uh, we got a lot of people in this evening uh, on Facebook and uh, even some on YouTube as well. Um, so give us a little bit about um, what made you decide to run for governor of Montana? Well, you know, if you want the real answer, it goes back seven years um, uh, when I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer um, and some of the spiritual experiences that came from that. And whether or not that's something you want to hear about, you can let me know. But I can give you the short story. 
I felt a very clear calling on my life, uh, threefold, moved to Montana, uh, sell body armor to the people and, and run for governor, believe it or not, even seven years ago. Um, the first one was a challenge in and of itself. Uh, the second one wa was just as big of a challenge, if not more so. Um, I had been involved in the armor industry for a while, had my own company at the time, was called Star Labs. And um, I partnered up with a group of people out of Ohio that were putting together our tooling. Uh, we were 50-50 and we were really kind of stuck in terms of you know, the direction of the company. I wanted to sell to the uh, civilian market. Uh, they were looking more to get you know big contracts wherever they could. Uh, so we were very much stuck kind of, um, and dead even, nobody could make a decision one way or the other. Um, and that changed shortly after I moved to Montana, uh, which is what gave birth to Hoplite Armor. The third one running for governor was something that quite honestly, uh, I never gave a whole lot of seriousness to, um, even though I felt like it was a call, I thought, you know, this has got to be a mistake, right? Um, uh, why would God call me to something like that? But, you know, I just kind of went through the motions of my daily life, running my business, but, uh, and really for the most part, put that thought out of mind for a long time. And it wasn't until maybe about a year ago that the thought of that really started to come back and um, manifest itself in my mind. And uh, that, that really started to get more and more t intense over the last six months, in particular over the last three months. Uh, you know, more and more as I see the Democrats trying to, uh, well, do all the things that you see them doing, right? That's a big part of why I, I believe that I've been called to this, uh, because I believe that I'm probably the only person out there uh, that would actually do this from a pure motive and, and would really do so even at his own peril, right? To take on the powers that be, to speak on behalf of the people, to try to do that which is right and preserve uh, those founding principles that we built our nation on. Right and, on. I, and my biggest concern is that nobody else is really going to step up and do what needs to be done. If it is to be, it is up to me, correct? Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I might say so. Yeah. Uh, so, Hunter, I want to bring you in here. Um, you are the uh, chief operations officer for Hoplite. Um, and you and I have had the pleasure of talking on the phone uh, numerous times. Uh, mainly because, as I'm excited to announce, that Lone Star Gun Rights and Hoplite are partnering up. Um, many of y'all may know that we carry AR-500 armor in our store. Uh, now we're adding to that, we are going to be carrying Hoplite armor. And if you've never taken a look at Hoplite's lineup, uh, some of what they offer is out of this world. Uh, Hunter, how did you get involved with Hoplite? What's, what's your story? So my story actually goes back quite some time as well. Um, to be honest, I've always admired Lyman's work. Um, since I was younger, uh, I always looked up to him because I always, I've always wanted to become a mechanical engineer. I've always wanted to work in the body armor industry. And seeing the designs he was putting out really inspired me to kind of go down that track. And years down the road, I was in the army, took some time, I, I got out, I got hurt. And then it all started with a phone call, actually. I called Lyman, and I asked if they offered financing. And then uh, over the time, we continued to talk. He started telling me about his governor run, um, and it just kind of went from there. Um, he has a lot of good ideas. I've admired him for quite some time. 
His, his work is phenomenal. Some of his designs are, like you said, out of this world. I mean, I would have never thought of them. And over the course of like the last month or so, I've become more involved with Hoplite as far, rather than uh, the governor run. Um, I've started trying to direct some sales, get that going, work with partnerships, kind of just try to branch out from where we currently are. Right on. Uh, you know, to get into this type of industry, there has to be a passion there. Um, you definitely have that. I mean, just talking with you on the phone, it, it, you definitely exhibits that. Where does that come from? Um, my father was a mechanical engineer. Uh, he also was a former Green Beret in the United States Army. Um, I always just thought it was interesting. I know where it really hit home first was when I was like a, a young kid and the whole dragon skin scandal came out. And that's what really got me first looking into it and first really fascinated by it. The fact that um, some piece of hardware would be able to stop trajectories of bullets and stop that penetration is fascinating to me. The science and the design and just all of the specifics and details that all come together to make that body armor be able to perform in the way that it needs to. Right on. So, uh, uh, Lyman, I want to bring you in here. Um, you said that your journey started seven years ago. Uh, is that where all of the passion came from, or was the passion already there beforehand, before your call? The, the passion was already there, but, it, you know, I really didn't honestly know how to direct it. And even, you know, finding myself where I am, I can't say that I really had any part of it. I just kind of went through the motions. Right. Um, moving here was, was a big qualifier. Um, you know, not without its challenges, I'll tell you. I mean, anybody planning on moving to Montana had, you know, really better think it through because uh, life here is a lot different than it is in other places. Um, you know, so um, the passion was there, though, uh, yeah. for a long time and um, never really knew how to focus it. Right. And, and only by just going out in faith and trying to obey what I thought was the calling on my life one step at a time was I able to get where I am, which quite honestly, you know, I don't even know where that is, right? It's sort of in limbo. Uh, I can't say that I, I've arrived necessarily anywhere uh, other than I'm on the journey, which quite honestly is the best part, right? So, right. It's, 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 uh, the destination is nice, but it is always about the journey. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that's where all of the memories come from. That's where, that's what, that's the whole point of everything. Uh, Jason chimed in uh, a bit earlier. He said that he feels you, that he nearly died from cancer uh, in 2011 and 2012. And he says the, the journey provides clarity. Um, it does, yes. Um, so whenever it comes to, I guess, what's going on in, in the world, everybody's hyper-focused on Virginia, and rightfully so. Uh, what they are doing is disgusting. And there's so much going on that I get asked, hey, did you hear about this? Like, uh, no, I didn't hear about that part. And then somebody else, hey, do you know what, everything that's going on in Virginia? And I'll chime in and they'll bring up some other thing about uh, things that are going on. It's like, wow, I had no idea that that was happening. Um, let me ask you, do you think that, that uh, the, the government of Virginia is doing this I know they're doing it intentionally. The, the word that I'm looking for here is, are they doing it just to try and paint us all as agitators? Basically, poking the bear and then whenever the bear mauls them, blaming the bear. 
I think that historically you can look at people of that party uh, with those ideas um, as always having a very sort of layered uh, motivation to everything they do. Uh, and what I mean by that is I think there's a multifaceted game plan going on. I think they've been moving uh, the pieces of the board, right, as if it were a game of chess, mm -hmm. uh, setting a lot of different things up for a long time. Uh, and the only reason they've been able to get as far as they have is because most uh, of us have, have been apath apathetic about these sorts of things, right? Maybe we didn't vote, maybe we didn't go, get involved or or give much thought to these things. But they've been laying the uh, the foundation for this for a long time. And, and what is their motivation? I mean, what, what I say or what I think is of little consequence, time will tell. Um, I certainly don't know for certain, but I can speculate that... Um, you know, without question, they have numerous ulterior motives. Certainly, I think one of them would be uh, a default, a very easy go-to would be to try to make those that support the Second Amendment uh, look like the agitator, right? Look like they uh, are, are unable to reason their position. Um, so uh, certainly, I think there's an attempt uh, to do that, and they may well bring in their own agitators to do so. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about that as well. Right. But time will tell. Uh, Hunter, I want to come to you now. Um, as it relates to Virginia, you know, <laughs> history is important. It's definitely something that, you know, we need to read and understand and learn from. And probably one of the most glaring ironies about this whole thing is Virginia's state flag features their seal, which says Six Semper Tyrannus on it, and <laughs> it shows a warrior who has slain a tyrant. And th this is kind of what, what prompted me to ask Lyman that question, whether or not they're trying to, they're trying to poke the bear. Uh, what are your uh, just overall thoughts on, on what's going on in Virginia, and what do you expect to happen on Monday? Well, I can say um, my thoughts on Virginia are, are really just – it's, it's depressing and it's disgusting all in the same right. I mean, I served with many good men who lost their lives to preserve the liberties that, that they would have had when they came home. And now to see that these liberties and these freedoms are slowly being encroached upon, it really puts me in a, a disgusted place. Um, it, it, it upsets me because it makes me think that, that everything I had fought for, everything I had campaigned for once my time in the army it made me feel like all of that was just so I could come home and live in a country that's similar to those to the places I have been to. Um, as far as what's going on in Virginia or what's going to happen on Monday, I can't really say to be certain. There are so many, like Lyman said, it's, it's a game of chess. There are so many pieces involved right now. Um, it's it's to me, it looks like it's either going to go very well or it's not going to go so well. Um, of course, my hope is that it does go well and that the people out there that are going to lobby and going to peacefully protest and peacefully assemble can do so and be able to use their First Amendment right to show their disdain with the government without that being feared, interfered with or being antagonized or being painted the opposite way. Right. Um, so... Let me ask. Let me ask you, and, and Lyman, I'll come back to you with the same question. 
Hunter, if it was up to you, and let's say you could wave a magic wand and make uh, every state or Virginia or, or whatever, anything that you wanted, what would your ideal America, what would your ideal Virginia or uh, Ohio or Texas, what would, what would that look like? What would your ideal government look like? My ideal government would look like the most minimum form possible. We do need a government to defend us against other nations, keep us sovereign, but it would be as minimal as it possibly could be. Um, it wouldn't have all of the bureaucracies and red tape that ours does. And people would be able to have their rights and be able to defend their rights. Um, people would be able to have access to the same weaponries that our military has, with an exception of certain heavy artilleries or certain um, flashbangs or things along those lines that have no means. Um, however, I, I would say I would like our people to be able to defend those rights because I feel like our rights are only as strong as our ability to defend them. Because if there is no means in place to secure those and keep them ours, then what is there? There's there's no right. I mean, if it, if it's really, if someone else can decide for you what your rights are, then they're not rights. Um, Right. It would be a, an, an Ohio, an America, a Montana, a Texas, it would, a Virginia, that the government fears its people opposed to the people fearing its government. Right. Uh, so, Lyman, coming to you, um, same question. What would, what would your ideal government look like? <laughs> it's kind of a funny question, right? Um, I, I think it would look a lot like what ours is supposed to be. Um, Hunter sums it up pretty well, but you know, I, I can tell you this. Um, if I get elected to governor of Montana, you're going to find out real quick because there's certain things that I'll put in place that are going to change the landscape very quickly. Right. Uh, such as, can you give, can you give some examples? Uh, sure. Uh, let me give you one example, right? One thing that I think Montana needs, if we're to make sound decisions moving into the future, if we're going to have any idea what we're doing rather than stumbling around in the dark, there's one thing that we're going to need above all else, and that's solid information, right? Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree to that. Well, we're not going to get that from any federal agency, whether that's the uh, FBI or the CIA or, or any of the government heads. Uh, what Montana needs in order to obtain information relevant to its future uh, is its own information. And so one idea that I'd like to propose is the establishment of what I call the MIA uh, the Montana Intelligence Agency, right? And with this, uh, we don't investigate the people. We investigate on behalf of the people. We investigate everything that runs from drug cartels operating in the state to crooked politicians in D.C. that are making decisions that might affect our future. Right on. That's uh, that's an interesting concept I haven't heard from anybody else. That's, uh, um, that's it's interesting. What... Uh, so let's get back to let's get back to Hoplite Armor, your your company. Um, now, uh, during the introduction, I brought in or I brought up the I brought up the incident involving law enforcement and the hostage situation involving the UPS driver. Right. Um, with that, you ended up writing a lengthy post on Facebook that uh, a lot of people. A, a lot of people supported, but there were people that took issue with it. 
Um, sure. And and that says that that says a lot because it's hard to find companies that um, won't that that will stand up for what they believe in, even if it's right. contrary to or even if it's an unpopular opinion. Um, tell me a little bit about what your thought process was whenever you saw that story break, whenever you saw how it played out, and what. What I, I guess what compelled you to even make a statement on it publicly, which I commend you for. I'm not, this isn't a criticism. It's just a, more out of curiosity. Right. Um, listen, I just did the same thing I've been doing from day one. Um, you know, when I felt the call to move to Montana to sell body armor to the people, uh, it wasn't about selling a product or making money as much as it was using that forum to save lives, to spread truth. And so these are the same things I've been saying for years, right? I mean, I've had concerns with uh, the direction that our police and, and law enforcement have been going uh, for a very long time. Uh, I, I am uh, uh, very much opposed to no-knock raids. I, I feel that they have become an abuse um, and that they are overused for even minor issues, putting people at risk, wasting tax dollars. Uh, and I know the mentality, having worked in the armor industry as long as I have. Uh, listen, I know that a lot of these guys just want cool gear and they like kicking down doors and, and acting tough. And it's stupid. It's got to stop. Uh, we can't treat American citizens this way. And, um, you know, more and more, I've just uh, it's not that I've been any more outspoken. It's that they've been doing things that deserve to be called out more frequently than they did in the past. Right. And, and that's as simple as it is. Yeah, unfortunately, that sort of the fact that there are some people that take any criticism of law enforcement as being hateful towards law enforcement. Right. And it's like, right. look, we're we're not hating law enforcement here. We're condemning a specific acts. You know, like uh, the cop in Dallas that seriously less than an hour from where I live. Uh, walked into, as she claimed, the wrong apartment and shot the shot the right. actual tenant that was supposed to be there and killed him. And then That's shortly right. after the verdict on that one, where she got sentenced to 10 years, which I took issue with because of the fact that um, I'm pretty sure that had she been a man, she, the sentence probably would have been 25, 30 years. Um, right. But immediately following that, we had a Fort Worth police officer show up to do a welfare check on a woman at three and at two in the morning, and he shoots her in her house through the window. Shoots her through the window, right? Yeah. yeah. So, let me ask you: Do you think that the mentality of people joining law enforcement are doing it? And and this isn't a condemnation of 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 all cops, but do you feel that there is an influx of people? seeking a power trip joining uh, law enforcement? You know, I don't know if they go into it seeking that. And, and, you know, as you say, certainly it doesn't involve, you know, every officer or every department. Uh, I think it really matters where you live, right? The more rural the area, the more right-minded the police tend to be. That's not always the case, but, you know, for example, Montana, right? Um, by and large, I have heard of no real issues um, going on with our police department. I haven't seen any. My next door neighbor is the county sheriff. He's a good man. Um, and we share many of the same ideas, right? So, um, you know, I don't know if they go into it with this or if it's bred into it. I, I hear a lot of different things. I've heard officers tell me, 
that more and more the young guys are being, you know, uh, they're seeking a certain personality type. Um, and then they're training them to, in his words, uh, be Spartans, right? This is what they're uh, teaching these guys. So there's certainly a lot going on with regards to the training. Uh, certainly a lot going on with regards to the people that they select. Um, and there's definitely a problem, right? It's hard to say where the problem starts, but we can at least acknowledge where the problem is and address it. And that's the biggest problem that we have. And it's like you say, a lot of people are just um, unwilling to even discuss criticism of the police, uh, even when it's warranted, right? I mean, we the people are supposed to uh, have certain protections under the Constitution, uh, protections uh, against unlawful search and seizure, to be safe in our homes and our possessions. Um, and to have the right to keep and bear arms and defend ourselves against uh, any threat, uh, whether that be a personal threat or a community threat or a national threat, foreign or domestic, whatever the case may be. These are uh, basic principles that our nation was founded on, and it definitely seems that uh, law enforcement, and perhaps that's the problem, right? Um, um, we they, we tend to call them law enforcement, but you know they used to be called peace officers, and, and with that they seem to have a different mandate. Yeah. Um, you know, but it seems like law enforcement more and more is is taking that aggressive attitude, uh, treating everybody on the street like a suspect, pulling people over to do fishing expeditions. Uh, it, you know, it's gotten beyond the point of being unacceptable. Now we're talking about uh, a long train. Uh, of abuses, right? Uh, right. Much like the uh, founding fathers warned us about. And this is why I refer to them as a standing army, um, you know, or why I uh, make comments that might seem disparaging. I'm trying to get attention. I'm trying to make my point. And, and even in the most recent document that I put together, uh, I conclude it with a call to police to remember who it is that they're serving, to remember who it is that they're being sent to uh, uh, do whatever it is they're being sent to do, right? Whoever they're being uh, going to confront in Virginia. These are American citizens, and they need to remember that. So, you know, I do my best to try to um, generate attention. In fact, today I was contacted by uh, somebody on Facebook that does a police um, uh, podcast, and they want to interview me. And I thought, you know, what better way to get the ear of a lot of different officers by going you know, literally into their living rooms, right? Into their backyard, uh, onto the shows that they listen to. I'm just trying to get the point across. Nobody here is anti-cop. I'm certainly not anti-cop. I've got a lot of friends who are cops. I've got a neighbor who's a cop. And up here, you look out for your neighbors, right? Because if you don't in the dead of winter, you might just uh, go without. Um, you know, so we look out for each other. And, and I think we should carry that same philosophy over to you know every part of this nation, right? Every one of us is a brother or a sister or a neighbor. And if we start to think of each other in those terms, uh, I believe that abuses will become less common. Right on. Uh, Hunter, I uh, wanna kinda extend to you uh, the, same, uh, the same question almost. Do you, do you think that, um, that there is, well, I guess, do you think that there's a, a misunderstanding between uh, what's well, what law enforcement's mission is, what how these negative incidents are highlighted, uh, how the people, uh, I guess, receive that, and uh, I guess 
what I'm trying to ask is how do you think that what are I guess what are your views on the way law enforcement is going? What is the, about their direction right now? How are they their path? What is what is that? I see. I I think the biggest thing I realize with law enforcement is I see a lot of young guys, just like Lyman said, it's like a personality type they're trying to fit. Um, I see that as a major issue. And just like as Lyman said, um, they were peace officers initially. Now they're law enforcement. And I think there is a lot that comes with that term within itself. And add on to that i know personally a lot of these police departments they do take ex-military and there's no issue with that but i think the problem is is when you take somebody who is from a combat-oriented state of mind and you put them in charge of uh policing enforcing and all of those manners and duties i think they stop seeing people as american citizens and they start seeing them as suspects like lyman said i think that a lot of the time that does contribute to a good portion of it. Um, I have definitely seen uh, in the most recent years, I've seen a lot of more militarization of police departments and police officers. Um, and it started to become more of a, a closed off and closed knit community. Like you can't talk about us unless you are us. You can't talk regarding us unless you are us or you're simply criticizing and you're hating us and you have no right to say so. Now, granted, I do understand that I have never been a police officer, nor do I choose to be. I don't feel that that's my calling under God, but I can say that I feel like, as like as Lyman has said, it is our duty to, if we see something that we see is wrong or constitutional or just simply unacceptable, it is our duty as Americans to, to call that out and to do it in a way that's fair to every party. Um, I definitely can say that on regards with our current law enforcement, I have seen a lot more militant and a lot more aggressive mentalities with them, um, similar to what I have seen in infantry units and such of the such of the sort. The the sort. Um, now I'm not saying anything bad on infantry units. However, I'd much rather have a peace officer policing my neighborhood than a soldier policing my neighborhood. Right on. Uh, that you, you basically answered my next question. You had brought up the militarization of the police, and I wanted your thoughts on that. You, you answered that beautifully. Um, I guess, going back to Virginia, obviously tomorrow is going to be a, an interesting time of observation for, for all of us who aren't there. What sort of advice would you give somebody who is planning on attending, who is going to be there tomorrow in, you know, uh, with everything that's going on, what would you tell somebody? First and foremost, I would say to remember why you're there. You're there to peacefully assemble and show that you do not agree with these laws. You're not there to riot. You're not there to create issues. You're not there to cause a scene or get attention. You're simply there to do your civic duty as an American and Practice your First Amendment right to peacefully assemble. Um, I definitely would encourage those who are going with a, mind, a state of mind other than that, simply do not go. Um, you have to remember, like Lyman said, with like he's urging these police officers, the people that those police officers, officers, they're Americans as well. Those people that are there to contain the environment, they are police officers as well. But I would also tell to those people who are going to the Virginia rally, 
if you see something that's amiss, call it out instantly. Um, I know more recently, especially in the past year, there was a circumstance where a kid was wearing a Make America Great Again hat on, and the news only reported seven seconds of that video when there was a whole nother picture of it. Um, I definitely would encourage people when they see something that's amiss to call that out because the last thing that we need is one guy that runs into the crowd trying to antagonize everybody wearing any symbols of hate or wearing any discrimination or painting or creating that image of what a lot of news sites and a lot of news networks I've seen reporting of it online as white supremacist or unite the right, which that's absolutely not what it is at all. It's, it's just a bunch of Americans using their First Amendment right because they have the right to. That right. is their God-given right, and that is their meaning. I, I would encourage everybody that's going to go there with only that intent. We don't right need to go and hurt police officers who are, are scared. They're all scared there anyways. Everybody going to Virginia is scared, whether you're assembling and protesting or you are on the side of keeping the peace or maintaining the environment. Everybody is frightful because they don't know what's going to go on. There's a lot of possible things that could happen or go bad, and I think everybody is on edge. So I would encourage everybody to just breathe, take a second, then reassess the situation. Just kind of chill out because I know for me, when I get in the heat of things, and I know for most everybody, we tend to make irrational decisions. So I would encourage everybody that's going, just take a second, collect yourself, Remind yourself why you were going there. You're not going to create some issue. You're not going to show somebody, oh, I'm going to show you. No, you're going there as a, simply as an American practicing your First Amendment right. Right on. Uh, Lyman, I, do you have anything to add to that as far as advice? Oh, no. Hunter nailed that 100% all across the board, all the way from, you know, putting combat vets on police forces to keeping your cool at the rally. Um, dead on. Right on. Uh, so before we wrap things up here, um, I want to t talk about the giveaway that we're doing, uh, but I also want uh, I want to give you the floor for just another minute or so, uh, just to kind of tell people what sets Hoplite Armor apart from everybody else. Well, in terms of the product, uh, everything that we sell is made by LTC, Leading Technology Composites, and they are without question the world's largest and most respected armor manufacturer, and for a reason. Um, they know what they're doing. They don't cut corners. You can absolutely count on them. Every other ma armor manufacturer has had uh, quality control issues that we can all remember in the recent past, uh, with the exception of LTC. And there's a reason why I work with them. There's a reason why I selected them to make the hard armor shoulder plates for me. And there's a reason why I sell their product line. Um, and, it, and it goes uh, so far beyond just their capabilities in terms of production, but their quality and, and the, uh, the effort that they put into it. Right? I really can't take any credit for it whatsoever. Uh, Design-wise, yeah, sure, great. Uh, shoulder plates and some of those things I've designed and developed. But without a partner like LTC, none of this would be possible. And, you know, I tell people all the time, listen, I don't care where you buy your plates, just make sure you buy quality plates. Um, you know, I'm not doing this for money as much as I am doing it to, to save lives and to try to make a difference. Uh, yeah. And to that end, I only sell the best. It's why I don't sell steel. Never have, never will. We've got a lot of issues with that, which we can go into in detail. But I think most people are probably pretty familiar with the issues there at this point. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I definitely understand as well. Um, all right, so uh, 
guys, I wanted to let you guys know we're going to give away a full kit uh, of hoplite armor. Uh, we're giving away an Aloha plate carrier, uh, level 4 swimmers, front and back, as well as some uh, level 3A shoulder armor as well. Um, Lyman, I got to tell you, uh, and Hunter both, I wish I could get y'all both on, this, on the screen at the same time, uh, <laughs> but I got to tell y'all both that I am very humbled and, and honored to be partnering with you guys. I've, um, you know... I had honestly had never heard of y'all uh, before the UPS incident, but as yeah. soon as I saw that post, I knew that this was a company that I wanted to partner with. This is a company that I wanted to work with because, you know, it's it's rare to see a company say what they feel and stand up for what they believe in, even right. if they're the standing by themselves. And that's very commendable. And Lyman, I I just want you to know I have the the utmost respect for you and for your company as uh, as a whole. Uh, Hunter, I have been I've I've loved having conversations with you over the past <laughs> couple of weeks, trying to figure out everything uh, from the ground up. It's been it's been so wonderful, guys. Um, I'm gonna tell everybody this kit that we're giving away is gonna retail for about thirteen hundred bucks. Uh, so it is a quality high-end uh armor kit if you guys are it, it, basically we're going to do the giveaway the same way that we did the glock 45 and the ar-10 every five dollars you spend in our store will get you one entry with uh with no limit whatsoever we're also going to be carrying hoplites armor in our store as well uh and our uh 45 acp members will get 20 percent off as as they do now with all of our other products um uh lyman do you have anything else that you would like to add before i uh let you both go you know there's so much more we could talk about but um you know the one thing i want to say is that uh hunter uh is a godsend in so many ways you know you said a minute ago doing this by myself and i'll tell you what i mean that's really how this has been for years uh not just on the business side um, you know, but in all the things that I say and do and all the attention that, that comes as a result of it, good and bad, you know, very much doing this stuff alone. And, you know, it's, it's great to have Hunter coming on board to really help me with these things, to help me with the operations, to free me up, to do more of the things that really need to be done in the bigger picture, running for governor, doing everything I can to preserve the rights of the American people, starting here in Montana. Um, I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have somebody like Hunter at my side to help out. And I, I know that, you know, by and large, the customer base has gotten used to dealing with me, but I just want to uh, take this opportunity to present Hunter for who he is uh, and to let people know that he is a, an extremely sharp and talented young man that's going to be looking out for them just as much as I would be. Hell yeah. Hunter, do you have anything that you'd like to say before we wrap things up? I mean, I run Hoplite in my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm some, I'm very, very honored and very humbled. Um, this whole experience has been amazing for me. Like I've, like you said before, this has been my passion since the beginning. Um, the main reason I've been attracted to Hoplite is because, like you said, um, we're, we stand by what we believe because we're not in it for, for money or this. We're here to save lives, and we're here to offer quality products. Um, I mean, if you want to, to give another company your business, by all means, but buy quality plates because that's truly what we're in it for. And you know, uh, Derek, as we've talked quite a bit, 
that's how we run. It's, it's for the people, by the people. We, we don't care about this profit margin or that profit margin or, or how much are we going to, we don't, rather than keep our mouths quiet and keep our heads down when we know something is wrong, we would much rather call out because we know it's the right thing to do and to speak up because we're here for the people. We're not here for anybody else but them. And we're here to save lives. Right on. Well, guys, I'm going to let you guys know that we're going to take entries uh, from the time of our last giveaway. So if you bought stuff, if you bought shirts like our new Mandalorian shirts, or sorry, Texalorian shirts. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually really awesome. I'll, I'll send you a picture, send you both a picture of it. It's, uh, it's a Mandalorian helmet, uh, but it's got a Texas flag theme on it and says, this is the way y'all. Um, it's, uh, okay. it's, it's my, it's my, it's my new favorite shirt that we have on, in our store, but, um, uh, we're going to be running entries up until, uh, the 16th of February, and then we'll do the drawing on the 23rd of February to get us a, a week or so to, uh, kind of get all the entries organized and make sure that everything's randomized for you properly. Uh, and then we'll kind of do it the same way that we've done everything else. Um, guys, I really wanted to thank you again for coming on. Um, and it really has been truly wonderful. Uh, y'all have an open invitation anytime that y'all want to come on. Uh, and, you know, I'm, it's, it's been wonderful. It's been a great discussion. Uh, that is going to do it for me. Uh, guys, get in on, on, get in on this. You're going to want this kit. I promise. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, not to mention that we're also going to be carrying it as well. So get your, get your armor. And uh, until next Sunday, Lone Star Gunners, arm yourself with knowledge and share the ammo. Thank you very much.